coming up on Art Palace. This food's beautiful because it also brings people together. That's the beauty of art. Welcome to Art Palace, produced by Cincinnati Art Museum. This is your host, Russell Eyrig. Here at the Art Palace, we meet cool people and then talk to them about art. Today's cool person is Yajin Upadya, executive chef here at the museum. had this thought of like, oh, this episode comes out the same week of Thanksgiving, so it could be a good food episode <laughs> to talk about. What was that about? What was that face about? No. Go ahead. No, tell me. I want to know what that was about. What was no, this is just... Well, I didn't let you finish, so it's... Okay. So anyway, so I... T- rude on my part, sorry. So then I just thought like, well, this would be a good excuse to talk uh, with you. We can talk about the cafe a little bit, and then I can make you look at a painting with me. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> that involves painting. <laughs> that involves food. So, but I mean, it, it, honestly, it'll be a good chance for, like, I don't really know you very well. So, you know, I can just interview you about you. And then, because, I, like, I don't know anything, really. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay. My name is Yajin Upadhyay. Everyone calls me Yaj. That's what I'm, that's what I go by. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm the executive chef here at the Cincinnati Art Museum. Okay. I've been in food for about 30 years prior to getting into food i did architecture okay 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 okay. now i'm already stopping you because i'm like well hold on this is still (laughs) this is food is also architecture it's also another form of architecture right okay sure tell me more i'm just fascinated Um, by that like how how do you go from architecture to food like where does how did that happen? it's still art um always enjoyed it and this was like end of 80s and like 90 when architecture was at its down point. Mm-hmm. The, the, I was in Boston at this time. Okay. And just started had to, you know, start paying bills, paying tuition. I'm like, okay, I'm not doing anything here. So let's get in the food industry. Let's do something. Started working on a project and got into it. I'm like, you know, I kind of like this. So, so what are the, so you, you made it to you, they seem like a really obvious connection. But why? Like, why is there? I've always been. I've always enjoyed food. I, I, food's always been a passion. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom's always been an inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'd, I'd be like that little grease monkey in the kitchen helping my mother <laughs> out. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I actually do like this. Why did I do this? You know. Yeah. But I'm like, well, it's another form of art. So I'll try to pursue it, considering I'm I'm not getting far ahead as much as I'd like to. Do you think that does like the idea of sort of structure affect like your cooking in the way that like, did you bring anything over from architecture, do you think, into food or are they just two totally separate things? It's two separate things. I'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, okay. I am passionate about it. Yeah. You know, my mom was always in art, my dad an architect. So that led me into architecture, but I've always been, you know, we've traveled a lot, so... And I'd always like to try different cuisines, no matter where I'd mm. be going and get, you name it, I'd try it. And I love the way my mom would cook. So I'm, she inspired me and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll switch into this. And So what kind of art did she make? Uh, she was an art teacher. I okay. mean, she graduated in, Mum- in Mumbai uh-huh. from JJ School of Arts. Then she started teaching basically. Okay. 
And your dad was an architect as, yeah. as well, so that was like kind of following that plan. That footstep, and then it just worked out that it, it didn't. It went towards the mother's way than my dad's way. Yeah, it seems like you you went into food because it was more practical in some ways. It sounds like is that true or it just made me more happier? Okay, all right. Because yeah. I was going to say, was there? Was I mean, I had opportunity of doing lots of other things, uh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm I kind of like this. I think I'm going to stick to my guns on yeah. this one. As much as my parents didn't like me going into it, and I said, don't worry, I'm going to prove myself. To, I'm going to prove you wrong, and you watch. So they were they they wanted you to stay in architecture, or you know, being they wanted me to do medicine, oh, you know, okay. engineering, architecture, but not get into serving food or cooking hmm. food or that. I'm like, relax, you know. I go, you told me at the end of the day, you want to see me be happy. Let me do this. They're like, all right, fine. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like it, it doesn't seem almost as like a fanciful career choice as something else. Well, really. it is. Yeah. I think it's food's beautiful because it also brings people together. That's the beauty of art. You know, it speaks. There's so many different languages, but also so many, so much cross utilization between herbs and spices from all over the world, which people are realizing it more now here than they did before. I mean, I think the diversity here in Cincinnati is blown within the last 10 years, 10 to 12 years. Like initially when I first moved to Cincinnati, which was in early 2000, no, 2002, you know, it's like I'm, I, I initially came here to help a friend open up a restaurant. And I said, buddy, this isn't for you. But then I saw this little spot in Hyde Park. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try a concept here, and which I hadn't seen. And being from East Coast, it's like, being here Midwest was totally different. You know, mm. the pace was different. Yeah. Much more conservative as well. Not a bad thing, but it was just like, whoa. Hmm. Um, so I said, I'm going to try something different. So I did a restaurant called Cayman in East High Park. Okay. So I did that in 2002 and just, it was very well received. And from there it just grew. And I think during that time, well, I saw more steakhouses than anything else, and I didn't see as many diverse cuisines as you see right now. Yeah. And the flavor profile is, like, phenomenal. You feel like the most interesting food has been happening in the last few years in Cincinnati? Within the last 10 years, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, when I first came here, I mean, you could probably count as to how many different cuisines were available. Now, you're like, you see a lot of fusion. You, you see all types of foods here. Yeah. There's not a cuisine that I don't know that's here. It's been a positive change. Yeah. You know? There's also a lot of local support as well. Yeah. A lot of the farm-to-table stuff going on, and the camaraderie is more... I feel like when I initially opened up and the people that I was working with and people who were working for me, now they actually have their own establishments and it's yeah. great to see them succeed, mm -hmm. you know, and seeing what their thoughts and profiles are like. Mm. So you said you came, did you come to Cincinnati from Boston or? I did. So it was straight from there. What yeah. brought you here? A wonderful challenge was to help a friend open up a restaurant. I really d had no interest in doing it. Yeah. Because at that time I was actually trying to get out of the industry. Okay. Um, I had restaurants on the East Coast in Massachusetts and mm -hmm. then in, um, I was in West, had a place in Westport, Connecticut and Greenwich and in Manhattan. So with me, between me, with me and five, four other friends, we had like half a dozen restaurants. And I'm like, you know, this is, it was great. Yeah. It, was, it was like for me, I'm like, is this for real? Sometimes I pinch myself. I'm like, I'm young. What am I doing? You know, <laughs> I'm working all these hours, loving it, but I think I'd like to slow down a bit. You know, yeah. I'd like to have just 
a, a life for Yaj instead of just doing this. What are the sort of challenges of running a restaurant in a museum? I came on board pretty much end of April, May, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for me, it's been a positive challenge because, first of all, getting to know the museum has been half the battle because I didn't realize as to how big this museum has yeah. is. And then I'm saying, well, you know, being what well, museum and seeing all the different events that are going on here, it's like you can actually do something really great with food here and, you know, focus on the different themes and create that type of a menu. I mean, it's art, so why not make menu like an art? You know, let it work together. I mean, create that wonderful melange of flavors and colors. One of the reasons I wanted to have have you here today was because I'm also, uh, we're going to be releasing this next week uh, during Thanksgiving. So I'm actually uh, hosting Thanksgiving this year at my house, and I'm going to have to cook a turkey for the first time. (laughs) So I've never done this before. So do you have any pointers for me? He's like looking at me like, no. <laughs> is no, it, is the pointer like, don't? <laughs> just don't be scared, you know, just have fun with it. What does, be yourself. What does that mean? Don't, <laughs> don't let that big bird intimidate you. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just food. It has to be happy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, have it in a brine, marinate it, you know, okay. do do any type of rubs on it. See, these are good. That, that's good. It is intimidating because it, it's like a giant bird and it's like, oh, it's going to take forever. Um, so, yeah, I've never done it. So I'm a little... Don't lose, don't lose sleep over it. Just go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, there's no wrong recipe as long as it tastes great, right? Yeah. And doesn't poison anybody. <laughs> How many people are you cooking for? Uh, I, the list keeps growing. <laughs> I feel like we're up to about 10 right now. Well, that's so not bad. It's not. No, there's no, there's frankly, there's no more room for any more people. So if the, if any more were to come, there wouldn't be any place to sit down anyway. So you got a lot of helpers now. <laughs> I feel like maybe not. <laughs> I feel like they're coming after all the work is done. Mostly. Gotcha. <laughs> we're going to make them bring stuff too, though. They have to, they have to, you know, at least bring some, some sort of side or something too. So there's no freeloaders in this meal. <laughs> All right. Well, since you don't get... Cooking al- brings, you know, in cooking, one, I think the best way is just common sense is your best friend. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> if you have good if you have good sense about things like that. I mean, I could see how somebody could be led very astray by their... So are you saying if it was common, everyone would have it? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Like... <laughs> Well, since you don't get a lot of time out in the galleries, I thought we could go look at a painting right now if you're if you're Yeah, game. let's do it. Okay. All right. So we are in gallery 205 and we're looking at a still life by Peter Kleiss. I never know how to say that name. Place? I'm on your side. You don't know either. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Dutch is not my uh, strong suit. I can get by on your uh, your French pronunciations, but this one is always a little over my head. Um, and uh, I just thought we'd look at this because it's like a nice spread of food. Um, I mean, honestly, I would not mind eating any of this stuff on Thanksgiving. Probably I would like to eat some of this more than I would like the traditional Thanksgiving This fare. looks like some good comfort food, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that pie is so good. So we've got this... Uh, on a cool snowy day. Yeah, yeah. So you got this uh, 
big pie in the middle, which uh, according to the label is a mincemeat meat pie. Then there's this uh, plate of very crusty bread, which you can see all these like little crumbs from. Along with your wine. Yeah. <laughs> You've got this... Uh, these beautifully rendered glasses. I guess that pewter, what is that? The pewter pot or I, the jug? And I'm guessing it's full of, I'm, I'm guessing it's full of something hot. Like that's why they keep the little uh, glass on top of it to keep from, from cooling down as fast. Um, and then you have this lemon in the front that has this peel that sort of, Think it could be some good mead in there. <laughs> it could be mead. Yeah, it's maybe a little like early, maybe. But I don't know. Maybe people are still drinking mead in the 1600s. I don't hey, know. you never know. I mean, if you some go to the, the Renaissance, best things that were created then, right? Yeah, if you go to the Renaissance fair, you can still drink mead. So maybe it was still around uh, in in the 1640s. Um, and then you got this lemon uh, with this like rind kind of uh, the peel sort of spiraling off of it, really uh, beautifully. Um, it's a nice little showpiece. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a nice little piece here in the collection. Uh, is there anything you notice about the food right away? Like if you were comfort it, food, you just think Fall, about the comfort. Yeah, relaxing. Very, it does feel very autumnal. It's like don't right? want to go anywhere after having that meal. You know, you just want to <laughs> sit sit on front of a fire or something. Yeah, I mean, it definitely looks like heavy. You also have in this one, too, I don't know how much you know about kind of still lifes, but they tend to, on one level, be like, oh, it's a nice spread of food. But then there's always something that's meant to also kind of remind you of death. So they always throw in, like, this watch or something like that. But and even the fact that the food is kind of half-eaten is sort of uh, a kind of darker... No, that watch is there, so you know how long you've been sitting at that table. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it's about. It's like, it's, it's bedtime now. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> you've, been, you've been at it too long. Makes your mouth water, doesn't it? This pie is, like, very appetizing. I think part of it, too, he's really good at capturing, like, the different textures of things. If you look at all the different surfaces in this painting, you've got this, like wonderfully reflective um Brickmeyer. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> this picture that's really, you know, reflecting all of the objects on the table, but then you have the like the sort of bread which just looks you can kind of feel that texture of the crustiness of the bread, the softness of the bread. Um and then the 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 wetness of the filling of the pie too, all the little reflections. Russell, on it. let's go to the kitchen and start cooking. Come on, <laughs> you're just too inspired. <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> You'd rather do that than look at a painting. You're like, I'll help you with your Thanksgiving Day menu. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> I should have. That's what this should have been: is me just recruiting you and just like paying you under the table to low key uh, cook everything for me. <laughs> You don't have to pay me. We'll just have fun cooking. Oh, oh, all right. Well, okay. That's. I feel like that's very unfair. Like that's that's what you do. You shouldn't give that away for free. <laughs> as long as you clean up. <laughs> I can do that. I, I think I, I can. I can. I can make that happen. I think that's a fair deal. So you, when we came in here, we can actually flip around because I was telling you I always uh, talk about both of these things. Okay. But um, so we have uh, right next to this painting, kind of across from it, is this contemporary piece. And I kind of uh, since since you haven't probably uh, you said this is your first time in this gallery. I'm already lost. <laughs> he thought the kitchen was in the opposite direction. I know. <laughs> 
So this is a contemporary piece kind of inspired by these classic still life paintings. Um, and it's by an artist named Beth Lippman. And she's made this still life completely out of glass. It's gorgeous. It's yeah. beautiful. It's a really cool piece. Um, and one of the things I like about it is that you have pieces that, you know, make sense to be made out of glass. Like if you came across this and, you know, all of these vases and things. Is that a bowl of fruit? Yeah, there's a bowl of fruit with like, you can see like the grapes on top of like apples and and everything. Um, but do you see this bowl in the other corner, like here closest sure. to us? Do you know what's inside of that? More glass. <laughs> so this is kind of cool. That those are all the the fragments of the pieces that were broken oh, wow. while making the piece. <laughs> so the artist uses everything in making the work. So even all of their mess ups go gotcha. into the piece. So that's what all of those little shards are. And, okay. uh, you know how I mentioned like, so is that vase like a little fermenting tank for the fruit where it comes out from the bottom over there? <laughs> I don't know what that, like it, like that little, it looks I mean, like, a, like or something. A, it was a decanter first. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what that little shape is down there. I love this, like, um, that even the, the tablecloth or this sort of fabric is, is made out of glass too. That's like draped over the edge of the table. Saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you have all these Is things. that a feather made out of glass? Yes, yes. So there's okay. like a feather on there. You can see this little like butterfly or some kind of insect in the corner here that's made out of glass. Um, Just noticed that. Which, which um, again, would be like a, I was saying how like a, a lot of the still lifes always have something to remind you of mm -hmm. of death. So a lot of times when you're looking at Dutch still lifes, they'll have some sort of like spiders or insects that are kind of like crawling around on fruit and things that kind of hint at decay or something. So I don't know if that's their kind of nod to that or they just thought like, oh, okay, here's a little insect. But it's but pretty inspiring though, isn't it? Yeah. I think so. I love this piece. I mean, this is one of my favorite pieces and uh, I love that it's it's positioned in the museum where you can see it's sort of historical influences. Like you can see where this comes from. Um, but you can also see where artists are still taking these ideas and, and doing new things with them. So any other thoughts about this piece? Can go on and on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back and cook. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll let you off the hook. <laughs> you're, you're kind man, sir. <laughs> I'll let you off the hook and let you go do what you're more comfortable doing. Come on, I'll give you some recipes. You can work on those. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Art Palace. We hope you'll be inspired to come visit the Cincinnati Art Museum and have conversations about the art yourself. General admission to the museum is always free, and we also offer free parking. Special exhibitions include The Levy, a photographer in the American South, Women Breaking Boundaries, and Treasures of the Spanish World. Just a reminder, the museum will be closed for Thanksgiving, but open on Friday. For program reservations and more information, visit CincinnatiArtMuseum.org. You can follow the museum on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, and also join our Art Palace Facebook group. Our theme song is Ofrande Musicale by Bacalao. And as always, please rate and review us to help others find the show. I'm Russell Eyrig, and this has been Art Palace, produced by the Cincinnati Art Museum. <laughs>